Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Guess what? Father's Day rolling up soon, right around the corner. Mother's Day as well. Hey, the mother's on your list. I mean, my wife, she loves to hunt and fish. She loves outdoors just practically as much as I do. So, if you're looking for a Mother's Day or a Father's Day gift, hey, we've got it at GreatDaysOutdoors.com. All you have to do is head on over to GreatDaysOutdoor.com and check out the best gifts for the outdoorsman in 2021. We've curated a bunch of unique ideas to help you find an awesome gift for the outdoorsman on your list. Just head on over to GreatDaysOutdoors.com slash best gifts for outdoorsmen to check it out. My name is Brian Sin. I'm your host. Appreciate you guys listening. And speaking of good, bad, and ugly, man, we have had, I think we've had all three of those this week. It's been an incredible week of rain, some beautiful weather, pretty again today, cooled off, warm. I mean, we've had it all this week, and I cannot wait to get on here and see how it has affected the fishing because you know it's got to affect it right good you know maybe bad maybe didn't i don't know but we're gonna find out and uh let's go on and get started at that with our first segment let's go down with zeke on the coosa talapusa river what's going on my friend zeke how are you buddy oh good how about yourself i'm terrible man i am terrible <laughs> I, I i don't know that i could be any worse, which this ain't a show about Brian's. This is not the Brian Sin Personal Problem podcast. Yes, sir. But, man, have you ever had a project that you're like, well, man, I ain't going to pay somebody to do that. I mean, I got YouTube. I can figure out how to do it. Right. And then five days later, after you've basically completed it, you're looking around like, and you still got to call somebody to come fix it. Yep, yep. I've been there before. Uh, for sure (laughs) that's where i'm at on my hardwood floors man my wife wanted my carpet up in the bedroom had hardwood in the rest of the house i jerked the carpet up when me and my boys installed the hardwood but then you gotta sand your existing hardwood floors refinish those restain them pile them and we rented all the equipment from home depot the sand floor sanders everything that you supposed to have sanded for five days to get it right put the stain on it and when you put that dark stain on you could see every blemish and everywhere the sander stopped and started my wife's crying i'm mad all the furniture's on the back patio kids are laughing it was just a terrible situation we've been there me and my father done the same exact thing we've been there before we've laid plenty of hardwood floors and i moved recently last year and doing new floors is something something else for sure Man, I'm telling you, I, and I had the guys come over, and he's like, man, you rented your stuff from Home Depot, didn't you? And I'm like, well, yeah. And he's like, well, that's why it looks like this. You can't do it with that stuff. You ain't got no. the right tools, buddy. Some things you need right. to hire people that have the right tools. Just like the same reason people need to hire you to go fishing on the Coosa, the Talapusa, because it's yes, just sir. better to go on and go with a professional instead of trying to figure it out yourself sometime because results are going to be much better am i right yeah uh, you're right you're totally right it's uh i love being able to teach people especially the younger generation because i've I've been there when uh you know i fit my dad i've been in a boat ever since i was little and now just trying to give back because so much high school fishing and junior fishing gave so much to me i love teaching that younger generation but 
Yeah, just like you said, that hardwood, if I can teach somebody something, uh, my day's accomplished. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, man, where you been fishing lately? You been on the uh, Logan Martin, Lay, Lake Martin, where you been hitting it? Man, I, I've actually, last week I had my first Bassmaster open on Lake Pickwick. Uh, so I recently just got back from there. But before that, I was fishing Lay Lake mainly. And, of course, Logan Martin, since I can get so close, you know, it's so close to home. Uh, I live on the banks of Logan Martin, so I've been fishing there a little bit, too, in the afternoons. But, like I said, I just got back, and uh, I'm excited to get out there. Usually, uh, right now, like you said a minute ago, the, the rain and crazy weather, sometimes when the lake's flooded right now, it's not good for the homeowners, but it's good for the fishing sometimes. That's right. Well, I, I know I talked to the guys at uh, River's Edge Marine yesterday at Logan Martin, and they said that, you know, that it was definitely out of the banks there. Uh, man, guys, we had some massive rain. I mean, I think we had, what, six inches here two days yep. ago? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and it was yep. just, uh, I, I crossed over the, the Coosa today on my way down to Alex City and, and uh, showing some property. And, 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 man, I don't think I've ever seen it rolling any harder than that. Yeah, it's been yeah, a long time. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time since we've had a flood this time of year. The people that run the dams have done a good job about uh, keeping it down, um, not flood, letting Logan Martin flood, but this one kind of snuck up on us as far as the lake was almost full pool because uh, it always comes up this time of year. You know, the 1st of May is usually full pool by now, and uh, I think this rain kind of snuck up on them, and they had kind of had to do, you know, kind of emergency. You know, they hit the gates, and, man, and they hadn't stopped. I, don't, I think it's – Finally, it might crest today at like 467 and or almost 468, and normal pools 465 on Logan Martin. So it's a little almost three foot high right now. And uh, I've seen it almost five foot, but you know when it when it gets flooded, it's it, it can be really good fishing sometimes. So let's go down that road. So it's flooded right now. How are you going right. to fish different than you would have at the first of the week or this past weekend? Yeah. So. The deal with the flooding, uh, and this is particularly for Logan Martin, a lot of times this brings a lot of life out of the ground. So such as I've seen this a couple of times where the crawdads, worms, actually worms, I've seen, I've had spots spit up just balls of red worms or uh, earthworms, whatever you want to call them. And it's from them trying to, I guess, trying to get out of the water. So those fish will just get super shallow. They'll just follow the water right up and just feed on whatever is available. And a lot of times they just gorge themselves and you can actually catch upwards. We've caught up to a hundred before just in like two tiny pockets, just from fish, just, just ganging up on these, on, you know, taking advantage of the water coming up. And uh, it's usually best after the, you know, the first couple of days. And once that water descends, it kind of gets a little tough, but as the water's rising right now, it's going to be good. But what I would target though like i said a minute ago i usually target like short main river pockets that have a good v like a good deep channel running all the way to the back and a lot of times if you try to fish a shallower pocket where they usually would be you know just being post spawn or spawning a lot of times they'll get up in the trees and stuff and uh they're hard to catch they're harder to catch so when i tell people my first piece of advice is to find the bank and what i mean by find the bank is find that hard edge find a where the bank meets the water, where there's not, like I said a minute ago, like trees, like the water's not up in the trees. You can catch them around the trees sometimes, but you can find a good funnel and even like even a runoff uh, where the water, it's kind of like Smith Lake, where the water runs off into the water and you've got moving water. 
that's going to be a plus as well. Uh, another pattern we do when it's flooded like this and the water's moving real hard, we can get on main lake points and, uh, and they'll be shallower than you think. They're following that water up just the same, but the current, you'll see current lines and current seams coming around points like crazy. And, uh, those shad and stuff will be up there feeding, you know, almost on people like lawns sometimes. Uh, you're almost catching off uh, people's front porch sometimes. And uh, they just get really grouped up when it gets really uh, moving hard. But as far as baits wise, I usually just throw, if I'm fishing a drain, a shaky head is hard to beat with like a seven inch finesse worm on there. A chatterbait's really good. We also catch some swimming a jig. And if there's like some matted vegetation sometimes or not, it's not really matter vegetation. It's just stuff just blown up in those pockets. It might be uh, pine straw. It might be uh, just tree limbs, something, something matted up. Uh, you can also throw a frog in that stuff as well if you, if you happen to find it. It's not everywhere. But as far as the main lake pattern goes, as far as those underwater points and stuff, just try to find something close to the main river where the current's really ripping around it. Uh, we usually throw chatterbaits real good because uh, the water's typically going to be real chocolate milk. So a chatterbait and probably a square bill and like a chartreuse black bag, like it's 1.5. You're talking in the main lake uh, channels where the where the current's really breaking hard. Yes, sir. I mean, how, what kind of depth are you talking there? What are you looking um, for? Yeah, so if I was to be out there right now, I would be trying to find a real flat point uh, that's normally, you know, when the normal pool is, it'll be a foot deep. But right now, it'll have almost four foot on it, you know, four foot of water because it's three foot high. So those fish will follow that water right up. So finding something that's shallow. And like I said, a minute ago, like finding the bank. And, uh, if you know where like, like old seawalls are, or yeah. well, seawalls that are usually out of the water that are under the water, seawalls seem to be really good with like riprap around them. And sometimes those fish will sit right on top of those seawalls and actually break the current behind them. It's amazing how a bass, how quick they can adapt to their surroundings like that. And it, it can happen in a day. And, uh, those fish are, they're, they're, it's crazy how quick they follow the water and it's just doing adjustments like yourself like i've seen it where we've hit 10 or 12 points like that and don't get a bite and then you pull up on one and you catch almost 15 in a row off of it so uh moving around and just seeing what part of the lake's you know kind of alive and i usually fish when it's like that i'll usually stay from the stemley bridge area if you're if anybody's familiar with logan martin they know where stemley bridge is but from Stanley Bridge down to the lower end dam, a lot of that up past like I-20 Bridge, which is the upriver section, is going to be pretty flooded, like actually like really, really flooded. I've never had much success when the water's real high like that up that area. Uh, but if you run back down, you can actually kind of still fish a little bit. Yeah, you know, and I've, I've never uh, I've never fished the upper end up above 20 North very much. I mean, I know it's a totally different. It's almost like from just the riding I've done up there it's like a totally different lake does it on on the north end it's a lot more grass it's a lot more like a maybe a typical river system right than exactly. it is on the south but what about lay lake um i know you said you've been fishing there a lot what are what are the fish doing there are they i mean are we done with the spawn for the most part uh, or yeah. still a few yeah, or? definitely for the most part they're going to be done especially coming up soon it looks like we're my I don't know. The weather's been so crazy, but typically this time of year and the next couple of weeks, uh, like the end of May, early June, that's when it really gets fired up offshore. And I'm, I'm excited because we have, there's a lot of post-spawn fish right now. And uh, unlike Logan Martin, which is a flood control lake, they, they'll keep lay at a normal depth range or whatever you want to call it, a uh, normal water level. So putting that much current in a river system like that, 
the spots are going to really shine. If you just want to go out and catch fish, it's going to be, it's going to, should be really good. But as far as like fishing lay right now and the conditions that we have, I would probably be in the grass for the largemouth because that water is going to be a tad bit high. And what I mean, it's like, it might be two or three inches over full pool. And like that, that might not sound like much, but those fish can feel that and they'll, they'll get like super shallow. Man, I'm sure they're in the post spawn, like frog bite will be probably unreal right now. Oh, um, yeah. I'll let it would. Punching as well. Yeah. With the muddy water and stuff, those fish are going to be super shallow. But this is usually the best time for like a frog. If you still want to fish shallow, fishing a frog and swim jig and doing normal way lake stuff, you'll catch a lot of post spawners. And they, they won't be fat, but they'll be fun. They'll, and you'll probably get a lot of bites doing yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, as, far as, as far as the spotted bass go, though, they'll they'll get on a lot of main river, uh, shallow main river bars or ledges. And Lay's real particular, uh, as far as the aspect, their ledges, especially around the beeswax area, are really shallow. You know, some can be upwards of just a foot deep on top, and it looks, and then it breaks, and it's like 30 foot from, a you know, like five yards to the right, it's 30 foot deep. So it's really shallow kind of stuff like that. And uh, usually fishing, like, if you know any stump rows or if you can find stumps and um, just hard places on those on those ledges and even, like, small creek miles as well, they'll tear up a finesse jig or a shaky head or you can even throw a, a square bill or something like that for the spotted bass. But definitely I would probably be targeting a largemouth in the grass around the Beeswax area. If, as far as fishing down the lake on that lake, I... I usually that's when I usually kind of steer clear if we have this much current in the river system because I know I can find them somewhere stacked up around that beeswax area. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all, the way, all the way, yeah, all the way up to Kahatchee Creek, which is about a that's about a ten mile section right there, and down I'm probably fish from Kahatchee to probably Cedar Creek. That's that's about a twelve mile section, I would believe. Oh um, man, that's the area that I would stay in. So heck yeah, but yeah, just. just it's the same kind of deal at Logan Martin, too. All those fish will still be shallow because they just came off bed. And you might find – I, I fished a tournament on Mitchell last Sunday, and I talked to some guys at Lake Mitchell that said they actually caught or found a few on bed. So uh, we looked for some as well, but we didn't see any. So they're definitely starting to get off bed for sure. Um, we, we've been catching post-spawn fish since the 1st of April. Um, so I think they're they're about completely done now. So – as far as when the lake gets back normal, let's talk about that for a second. Because right now, it's, it's not normal conditions anywhere, especially on Lay or Logan. So once that current finally slows back down, a lot of the fish are going to probably migrate out deep. And what I mean by that, they're going to be in that 15 to 20 foot zone, even 25 foot. Depending on how clear your lake is, uh, like the bottom end of the lake can be sometimes seven foot, seven foot visibility. But Logan Martin, you know, the, I've seen it where it's been three or four foot visibility, and that's really clear for that lake. Yeah. But uh, a lot of those fish, they'll they'll start. Usually, their first stop's going to be on you know a brush pile out from a spawning bay and like ten foot, you know, some shallower brush stuff like that. So with that, I usually I usually have three baits rigged up. One will be a drop shot, two will be a swim bait, and one will be a crank bait. I, I keep it simple when they get offshore like that and. Uh, the key of catching those bigger fish is just hitting as many piles as you can find. And then once, if we do get some good, we should have some good afterflow after all they settle it down. What I mean by that, the current will slow down, but we'll still have a good amount of current in the system. They'll actually school up and there'll be like, you know, 40 to 50 fish schools mm. on certain places on like river ledges and 
at river bars, stuff like that. And I usually find those in my electronics. Is that mainly Logan or is that Lay Lake as well? Uh, yeah, both. 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 They'll, uh, um, mainly Logan Martin, though. We have so many spotted bass in uh, Logan Martin compared to sure. – there's a lot in Lay, but they have a lot better places to school up out deep on Logan than they do Lay. Uh, Lay's got a few places uh, that they'll school up, such as just like right where the main river channel meets like a creek channel and, you know, dumps off into the river system. Those are, those are community holes that they have, and, you know, they're community holes for a reason. That's because there's a lot of fish that gets there. That's right, um, they hold fish. Yeah, and you can catch big ones off of them too, but you can catch numbers as well. So, you know, it's, it's that thing every year where right when they get out there, it's a bit, you know, when you find them first, they're going to bite like crazy. So here in a couple of weeks, I think it's going to go, I think it's going to be really good. And then all the way from May, the end of May, last two weeks of May to July, like the first week of July is really good offshore for numbers and size as well. Well, you know what, you know what you really need to be excited about for May, don't you? What's that? You're going to get to go noodling, brother. Oh, that's right. That's right. Don't forget. <laughs> we got to do I'm it. Not, it's, uh, yes, sir. It is time. I mean, we get another. What's the water temperature in Logan right now? It's about 70 right at the dot, right on the dot right now. About 70. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's time. Good. to. I guarantee you the fish are in the holes. and uh, But now it's it's just a matter of the, the water maybe warming up just a little bit more so we can stay in it without freezing to death. Right, uh, right. Because 70 doesn't sound bad, but when you are in the, in and out of the, you know, in the water for a long period of time, 70 is cold. <laughs> right. Well, I say 70, that's the main river, main river temp. Once you get back in like some pockets and stuff, it'll actually get up to around 74, 75. Uh, now we're talking. Uh, now we're talking. We, we, yeah, it, it's, yeah. uh, it may be on. We may have to, I may be in there this weekend or, or very soon after for sure. So it's, it's that time of year and I want you to go with me. So I'm on, we're going to plan yes, on sir. making that happen. Yes, uh, sir. Just and then I know. still, I still got to come get in the boat with you sometime as well, man. One of these afternoon trips you got where you don't have nobody to go. I'm 20 minutes from you. So all you got to do is call me. Well, man, we appreciate it. What a great report, man. You do a fantastic job on here, Zeke, and, and, and love having yes, you on here. If somebody wants to contact you and, and come fish with you and learn a lot, what's the best way for them to contact you? Uh, the best way would be through my social media, ZPG Fishing on Instagram or Zeke Gossett on Facebook. As far as I'm also working on a website, Zeke Gossett Fishing. It should be up soon. So, uh, you can contact through me that as well, but right now social media will be the best spot because I check it every day. So that'd be That's the best for sure. Good deal, man. Well, look before I get you, let you get out of here. You know we got to have a tip of the day. So uh, what is your tip of the day right now for the Coosa Talapusa for whether it's Logan Martin or Lay? Uh, you you pick. Let's do the Coosa. Right now, as far as the conditions go, the fish are starting to get a high metabolism right now as the water warms up. And they're, of course, post-spawn, so they're going to be, you know, kind of aggressive as far as wanting to eat and fatten back up. So if you're not getting bit in a certain spot or a certain area of the lake, you need to, need to keep on the move and uh, move around till you find them because once you find them, they're, they're not hard to catch. Good stuff, man. Great tip. Well, this week's Coosa Talapusa tip of the day is brought to you by Sun South. From outdoors equipment, parts, service, accessories, Sun South has you covered. On the best for less, visit SunSouth or SunSouth.com for quality John Deere equipment. SunSouth, for those that do.
All right, Zeke, man, I appreciate you, buddy. Let's get together soon and uh, stay safe yes, out there and look forward to talking to you again, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, just let me know. That, like I said a minute ago, they'll, they'll be out in them schools soon. And Man, that's a, the conditions are right. We've caught 100 before, but, you know, a typical time would be about 30, you know. Good gracious, man. Yeah, that, we, need yeah. To, uh, we need to plan a trip without a doubt. Yes, sir. All right, yeah, buddy, take care, man. That's right. Get yes, that sir, water I'll down first. All right, bud, thank you. <laughs> All right, guys, that was a great segment, man. Uh, y'all give Zeke a call, book a trip with him, and uh, you'll learn a lot about the Coosa River for sure and the Tallapoosa. So, uh, man, let's let's leave the Coosa Tallapoosa and let's head up north to Pickwick, Gunnelsville Report with Brent Crow. Brent, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just uh, wondering how the... What'd y'all get up there? We got, I think we got five or six inches, seven, something like that here in the Birmingham area. What'd you guys end up with? It just depended. I think most places got two or three, four, maybe. I mean, so far the Tennessee River not out of its banks like Coosa and Alabama. So, yeah, if you need a place to fish this week, Gunnersville, I was at Gunnersville yesterday, and I don't think we have any problem anywhere on the Tennessee River. That's good. That's good. Well, I, I I know that you had a big tournament this past weekend with the Bassmasters Open. It was at Pickwick, right? That's right. Well, man, how how'd you the, do? Uh, I led the first day, so anything other than first at the at the end of the final day was a disappointment. <laughs> <But> <laughs> if you ain't first, you last, right? That's right. I mean, like I said, especially when you lead the first day. But I wound up eight, which. You know, if you told me it was going into the tournament and I, finished, I was going to finish eighth, I probably would have said okay. But after at nine thirty on the first morning, I was never, I, you know, eighth place was out of the question because I had I got off to a really good start and and I wound up uh, I weighed a two pounder the first day and had twenty two eleven. So uh, you know, I should have had a th- had three get off the first day that would have put me at twenty five pounds or twenty six, and then the second day I had a couple of couple fish get off broke one and wound up i think going into the last day of fish and then yeah it was a deal i was catching spawn and smallmouth and the calendar got me more than anything else because they, that was going away as they they actually moved up and started spawning on uh wednesday it'd be three wednesdays ago so you know they've been doing it for a couple weeks a little over two weeks when the tournament started and i knew from experience that there weren't going to be many left but they were going to be big ones. And, and that's what happened. The first day, there were several people that caught them. The second day, not as many. And then the people that were that were in the area I was, I was the only one that wound up making the top ten. But, you know, like I said, I kind of expected it. And my problem was I didn't have a backup largemouth, or backup largemouth plan that was uh, good enough to, to get the job done. But like I said, you know, eighth place, it was a good payday. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was, that's the first one at the central. The first one was supposed to be at Smith, but it was it was postponed to high water, believe it or not. And it's in October now, so I should have a good finish there, and then have one left uh, at Grand in Oklahoma. You know, who knows? May qualify for the elites, or if I do well in those two. But you know, like I said, it was you know I I enjoyed it. I just uh, anytime you slide, you go that from one day to the next to the next, you're going down. That's the wrong direction. That's right. Like you said, you, you know, you go into it and you're like, you know, when you put your boat in the water, you're like, okay, if I come out of this thing in eighth place, I'm not going to be too upset. But once you're right. reading it, 
<laughs> then eighth is almost even though you're still happy you still made some money it's still like tag on man if i could have just not broke off that one fish or two fish or you know you know you could well, see you the know, pathway to stay right there at first absolutely i mean i without a doubt i had to fish bite my try to bite or bite my lure to win the tournament i had a couple on top water the third day that didn't get it but you know, the ones I had the first two days, I know I had enough to win the tournament. And that, you know, you don't get that opportunity very often. And it's not, you know, winning that tournament, the money obviously is better than eighth place. But the main thing is automatic birth in the Bassmaster Classic. And that's, mm. you know, that's the main reason I want to win an Open more than anything. I mean, just to be able to fish the Bassmaster Classic, you know. So that's, that's what was that's on your great. mind when you were staring at the ceiling all night and next. <laughs> You couldn't go to sleep because you were some ass. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I finished second a few years ago in one, so, I mean, that wouldn't hurt, too. But, but one of these days I'm going to make, and that's the great thing about bass fishing, you know. I mean, there's no way I can play in the Super Bowl or the U.S. Open or the Masters, but I can fish the Bass Masters Classic. And then it, if I make 15 good casts in three days, I can win the Bass Master Classic. That's right. And you don't have that opportunity in any other sport. I mean, that's, no. that's the best thing about tournament fishing. Hey, and age, and age has nothing to do with it. You could, Like you said, other sports, there's a time window right. where you can't do it but so long athletically, but you can go in at any – you can do it with fishing at any time. That's um, right. I mean – Well, you're going to get there, man. You're finishing, you finish at the top too <laughs> close to the top too many times, so you'll get there. So you were catching the fish last weekend in Pickwick. Obviously, you were you were on spawning smallmouth. I mean, so let's let's move let's move forward to to now. Uh, you didn't obviously the high water didn't affecting you guys like it is on some of the other places in Alabama right now. But so what's what's kind of the pattern that you're concentrating on after after the tournament? Well, the fish have not moved offshore yet, so they're in that in between. You know, they're still. Uh, some shallow fish, and, and there's a lot of that in-between stuff where they're in eight, ten foot of water, and that's what I missed. That's what I I would have wished I would have spent more time doing in practice for that tournament, but there's still some fish in, in what little grass is left on Pickwick, and it's so funny. I mean, I was at Gunnersville yesterday, and the fish are spawning at Gunnersville. I mean, we we caught more on a wacky worm than anything, and I mean, in a lot of times had the boat in two feet of water. I mean, you know, everybody, everybody always wants to make the fish spawn too early. And uh, it, it's so funny. Gunnersville, they'll spawn in May just as much as they do any other time. And I think a lot of times people are overlook that. I mean, I basically had that real shallow stuff anywhere I wanted to go to myself yesterday. And, uh, you know, I, I talked to a friend of mine who was there again today, and they, they caught them really good today doing the same thing. So, you know, at Gunnersville right now, Fish responding. I think mostly at Pickwick, they're probably done. Uh, I know this, like I said, the smallmouth definitely are. The largemouth seem to be as well. And uh, you know, it won't be. A, it'll be a matter of a couple of weeks, two or three weeks, before all those fish are in big schools on the River Channel. And that's. You know, I love to ledge fish on Pickwick, and that's one thing I'm looking forward to. But you know, like I said, the uh, the the high water. We didn't get the high water, so. Uh, but the one thing we did get was a little current and. You know, that helps with the ledge bite more than anything. It has occurred. That was the other problem with the open. We hadn't had any rain in a while. So normally with the smallmouth, whenever they spawn, they move out and feed. 
but you have to have current to catch them. I mean, I'm pretty sure I know exactly where they are, but they just do not buy it and don't set up right if they didn't have current. And we had less than 20,000 CFS the whole week, so that eliminated that part too. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, if it, I would, there, you know, right now I think the smallmouth are probably biting pretty good, the postponed ones uh, on Pickwick. Yeah, why do you think that is? I mean, is this does the small mouth? I mean, when the current's not there, do they just not feed the same, or are they just not in as catchable of an area? I think that's it. I mean, I think they're feeding, but I, you know, large mouths are more of a structure oriented. I mean, they're going to be around something or, or you know, shell bed, grass, wood, whatever, and and I fish pickwick year round and. I've noticed, for, it's not just me, but other people that I talk to too, you catch smallmouths when they decide they're going to move up around the bank and feed, which is, you know, March, April, May, and then June, July, August, September, you're not going to catch any smallmouths. And, and you can catch, a, I think one year I kept up with it on ledges, I caught over a thousand largemouths and caught two smallmouths. I mean, they just don't get on the same stuff. And I, the best I can tell, they just swim in the middle of the river. You know, I mean, not necessarily 50 feet deep on the bottom of the river, but just they're just in the river channel roaming around. And, I mean, I don't know any way to possibly catch them unless they actually move up on something. The ones that I ever catch in the summer, it's when I'm ledge fishing for largemouth and a little school of smallmouth schools, you know, chasing some chad within casting range. But other than that, the smallmouth, I think they just swim around and roam in the middle of the river. They don't get in big schools like largemouth do. And, you know, it's usually October before they get back shallow where you can catch them. That's crazy. That's crazy to think <laughs> about totally, them being that much, that you caught that many in the summer months bass and, and that few smallmouth. Yep. Uh, and I, I have people, you know, that, that I, I do a lot of trips for people from Florida, South Alabama, wherever, that don't have an opportunity to catch smallmouth. And they, you know, they, they just want to catch smallmouth. And I had a guy email me the other day, and he's like, we'd like to go smallmouth fishing this smallmouth fishing this summer. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you're going to have to wait till October because you can come, I mean, you can do it all you want to. And the only time I know anybody catching any consistent smallmouth is at night in the summer. And again, that's when they're on the bank feet, you know, but... In the daytime, it, it's almost impossible to target them after May. Right. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, so if, if somebody's going out right right now, I mean, what's kind of the, you know, the fish, a few bedding and gunners will still mostly done in pickwick. What kind of baits are you using? Kind of what's your focus right now on that? If I'm on pickwick, it's going to be a swim bait, Berkeley hollow belly swim bait or a topwater you know, something like walks. I'm going to look for fish that are feeding on top. I mean, you know, you know how fish are after they spawn. They're going to feed up. It may take them a few days to, to transition, but eventually they're going to feed up. So May, you know, it's typically a month where you catch a lot of fish on top at Pickwick with, you know, Berkeley Cane Walker or Jay Walker, something that walks. And like this, and then you've got, if they're running enough water, you catch them on a swim bait on rock piles and stuff that breaks current or whatever but you know if i'm at gunners right now i'm throwing for the most part of just a, a wacky rig worm general cinco type bait you know i mean that to me has always been the best spawning bait and gunners on the grass the gunners was really really looks good there's, there's a lot of milfoil this year for now i don't know if it'll be like that 
in a couple months, but at least for now, there's a lot of green millfoils. All the flat, the fish spawn in, there's grass. And, I mean, it's, you know, it's pretty easy right now at Gunnersville. Just, if you can, if you put a wacky worm on a spinning rod and, and you can go catch some fish on, on Gunnersville right now. That'd be the, you know, that's the easiest place. Smith Lake is my favorite place to fish in May, but fish are still on the bank there. Hadn't moved out and started biting on top. I hope that happens week or two when they move out on Smith, i mean do they move out to it's such a deep lake when you move out to like 20 30 foot is that what you're talking the fish on like you know on the river when the fish move offshore they move they basically are on the bottom and shell beds whatever but it's Smith, it's they suspend and you know they're going to suspend most of them are 10 to 20 feet deep but they may be over at 40 feet deep, 80 feet deep. I mean, the bottom has nothing to do with where the fish are at Smith. I mean, they like to be on top of something, a point or some timber or whatever, but their fish are only going to be 15 or 20 feet deep. Those are the ones you can call up and catch on top. Those are the ones that are going, when a school of herring or shad come by, they, that you'll see busting on top. And May right. is always the, the best month for that. So educate me right there. All right, if, if All right. the fish are suspended, and say 10, 15 foot of water, but they're in 40, 50 foot of water, over 40, 50 foot of water. How are you locating that school of fish? Are, are they still oriented to a point maybe that comes off? What are they orienting to? It's mostly points. Uh, there are some places where I have no idea why they're there. I mean, there's nothing underneath them, no, no standing timber, no point. You know, a lot of times there's several places where it's just a turn in the in the creek and you know it's basically a bluff but the fish just suspend they, they do it every year in the same place just off the bank but you know the ones that i see that are in 10 to 15 feet they, they will they're going to look at your top water they're going to swim up to it and look at it and, and they more than likely going to try to bite it the ones that are in 20 25 you're not going to call those up and the way i find them is just with with my garmin live scope i mean that is if you fish Smith Lake without it, then you're way behind. And I've been doing it for, I think, this will be the sixth year. And, then, I mean, I never make a cast on Smith if, the, if I'm not throwing at the bank, but if I'm fishing for suspended fish. I never cast unless my bait is going to land on top of one. And, and I, you can only do that with live scope, you know. I mean, it saves so much time, you know, exactly where the fish are. I mean, to me, that's, that is, the like I said, if you're in Smith Lake without it, you're just, you're way behind. You, I couldn't fish did without you, it. Did, so before live scope, I mean, because that, that's, that's still relatively a new product, right? Yeah. Well, they had pen optics and then live scope. Like so that, this would be the sixth year that I've run one or the other. Mm -hmm. Live scope basically just a little clearer version of pen optics. You of the pan optics, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Man. before that, you. It was the same deal before that, except for you didn't really, you weren't sure where the fish were. You knew they were probably somewhere on the end of this point or whatever. And, and you it was just, you know, at that could, point. That's yeah. it. The only way you could, to, could, know, could know would be to pull up and cast. Because you ever, you don't want to idle over them if they're only in 10 or 15 feet. I mean, you, you know, you don't want to look at them with your down images or whatever. And right. so you had to pull up to a place. You know, it's been 10, 15 minutes casting and see, you know, and you may get bit or you may not or whatever. 
And what LifeScope does, it makes it where you pull up, drop the trolling motor, and then you can say, well, there is no reason to cast here, or holy cow, look at all those fish. I mean, you know instantly. And the other thing it has done for me, like, you know, most of the time, the fish are going to suspend in the exact same place on a point or, or you know, where over timber, whatever. But there's a lot of times where I pull up and I'm throwing or looking where I think they are, and then, you know, you never, you know, obviously shows whichever direction you point the trolling motor. So you may have to, you know, correct where you're at, and then you turn the trolling motor pointing out to the middle of the lake or to the the wrong side if you're the points on the left side and you may turn it over to the right side if you're on the left side of it you may turn your trolling motor and look out the other side and there's there's been a ton of times where i've seen a school of fish that i had no idea you know no reason to throw out in the middle of the lake no reason to look for them whatever and look and for whatever reason there's you know there's a little school sitting there and we've caught them i mean it is that's the beauty of live scope you catch fish that you never knew were there you would never even throw at them right that's crazy. Yep. That is crazy. Well, that's good stuff, man. Well, what was the, uh, how's the big fish bite on, on Pickwick and Gunnersville? I mean, like, was there some, some sure enough good fish caught last week? Yeah. The, I thought I was going to have big fish the first day. I had a, a seven two that was spawned out. I mean, I, if it was healthy, I'm sure it would have weighed eight and a half or nine pounds. And, you know, when you, you catch what well, I caught it, like, I, I mean, 30 minutes into the tournament. So, I mean, it was a great way to start the tournament, but all I did was, like, I got him in and put him in the live well, and I knew it was a huge fish. Didn't know exactly what it weighed, and, and uh, I thought, well, I'll, I'll probably get big fish, and then the guy that joined on you that won wound up with, he weighed an 8-2, so he got big fish for the tournament. And I know since then I've seen a 9-pounder caught. Somebody posted on social media a 9-pounder caught up there. There's been big fish caught at Pickwick all year. The Gunnersville hadn't really heard of of many giants. I mean, I know this week there's been several five and six pounders caught. We had a little group trip yesterday, and yeah, the, I think Gunnersville's big fish population is not what it used to be. Yeah, I'm been surprised that, this year because you you know usually in the spring you're you're seeing some really big fish being caught in, in Gunnersville, and it seems like that that hasn't happened as much this year. No, I, I mean, I think the lake's on a little down cycle. I think the, the number of fish is a little down, and but the big number of big fish really is. And most of the time with Gunnersville, when you have a really good spawn, then you have you know that class, as they get bigger, you, you know, when they're six-pounders, you catch a lot of sixes and then sevens and eights and whatever. And, and I don't think that we have that really good spawn for the class of fish that should weigh, but six to eight pounds right now it's pretty rare to see one if you look at tournament results you know used to at Gunnersville if you had 19 pounds I mean you probably weren't going to be in the top 10 and, and, and that's been a winning weight for the last year or so or, or last at times I mean there's still every now and then somebody will catch a 23 24 pound bag but I, mean, I fished one year I fished VFL and had 22 pounds twice and fished seven points and eight so, like I said, I don't oh. think Gunnersville is – the big fish in Gunnersville are not there like they were. Uh, but, I mean, the, the fishery is so good in the habitat, you know, with all the grass, and I think it'll come back and, and be like it was. But, I mean, I, you know, those lakes, they have cycles, and, and right now it's still a decent place, but it's not the great Gunnersville that we got used to for a while. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, did you think it was just a cycle that it goes through, a natural cycle that lakes go through, or is it more of – 
a product of how many people are fishing and how many people, especially this year with COVID where people weren't working and everybody was on the lake. And I mean, it's probably been more pressure on that lake this year than I would guess maybe any year ever. It, it blows my mind that it is as good a lake as it is because it's, I mean, the pressure in the last year or so and this year you're out has been unbelievable, but it's been like that for years and years and years. It really, it's not a big lake. I mean, all the fish are caught basically from BB Comer Bridge to the dam, which is only like 20 or 25 miles. The other 30 miles upriver, you know, that's not where people fish. I'm sure there's, there's fish caught up there, but I mean, everybody concentrated in that one 20 mile stretch. You got a couple of decent creeks, but no, you know, the Browns Creek, North Saudi, South Saudi. I mean, it's not like those are huge creeks where, go on and go on so i mean for the small area that actually people fish it's amazing how many fish are caught and how good the lake continues to be and you know like i said i think we were just on a little cycle right now if you miss a spawn or have a couple years where you don't have a good spawn then then you're eventually going to see that especially with with big fish and i think that's what's happening now yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And, I, you know, and still you wonder about the pressure, and which most people don't keep the fish. I mean, most time, in, especially with tournaments, I mean, it's, it's catch and release, but it may not be released back in the, in the same area. But, and I think a good many of those numbers, you know, those fish survive. Yeah, other than the, you know, the postpone and, and summertime tournaments, you, I mean, you know, most people – in, in early spring or around spawn or whatever, you're not going to have very many dead fish. Uh-uh. That's, and that's when most of the tournaments are. And then in the fall, again, you're not going to have many. I mean, tournament mortality out of the raid is not something that, that hurts a fishery to the point that you can tell the difference from what I've been told and read and all. You know, I think it's just, like, I think the most important thing is when you have, you know, if you have two or three years where the, you know, whatever reason the spawn's not good, they drop the water or whatever, then that's what, that hurts the lake more than anything else. I mean, if you leave everything alone, Mother Nature take care of it, but sometimes that don't happen. That's right. Well, you know, what if somebody, uh, Ken, obviously you, you're, you're catching fish and you did so good last week on Pickwick and, and you do good all the time, but what is, uh, if somebody wants to come book a fish with you, book a trip with you what's the what's the best way for them to get in touch with you just call me or text or, or email either one my, uh, my website northalabamabass.com and my phone number is 256-466-9965 you know right now i think my next open day is in june but i love june on pickwick ledge fishing i mean i uh for the most part in may i feel i stay on smith and throw and, and throw top water so i kind of you know, I have a lot of people that, that I've taken before and they, they just basically go where I tell them to go or, you know, go where the best bite is or they know, hey, I want to come to Smith in May or I want to come to June or Pickwick in June. So, you know, for the most part, what I've got available in June is ledge fishing in Pickwick and it'll be, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll be a really good year for ledge fishing and, and I, on a, on a good year and good, good trips in, in, in June, we'll catch 50 to 80 a day and have some nice ones too. Man, that's a great day. That's a great day. Well, that's, uh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. About, I, I forgot. I meant to tell you about the other day while ago. The uh, so in the tournament, like I said, I knew that the that the smallmouth spawn was winding down, and 
I knew that when it started, because I was there the day it started. I mean, the day the fish moved up, they could, they turned the spillways off and the current slacked off and the fish, I mean, they were late spawning this year anyway. So the day they started spawning, I had a trip and we wound up with 28 over four pounds. Good night. <laughs> what? I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. And I told my clients, it was like, y'all could not have timed this any better because it's never been like this. It hadn't been this good this year. And after today, it's never going to be this good again. 28 I mean, that, it was just, over four pounds. All small mouth. insane. It was unbelievable. And, that, you know, that doesn't happen. I wish it happened to every trip, but, I mean, it happens there occasionally. When you time that's. That's the beauty about Pickwick. When you time it right, you have those days like that. And there's not many places you can do something like that. No, there's not, man. There's not. Well, I know Pickwick has been on fire this year, and I think it's probably, you know, just from 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 you and from other callers around the state that, that call in weekly, I would think it'd be a fair statement to say Pickwick's been the hottest lake in the in the state this year so far. I mean, it's just I think I think it's the best lake in the state right now for sure. Yeah, I think I think so. Just judging from the reports we're getting, it's it's definitely been a hot lake this year. That's great, man. Well, well, look before I let you get off of here, you know, I got to get a tip from you. So, what's your tip of the day for Pickwick if somebody's gonna go up there? next couple of days maybe this weekend and try to catch a fish i would uh, i would look for for fish on the or not on the bank like one foot deep but i would definitely be looking for stuff that came off the bank gravel bars and points you know the fish may be out in eight or ten foot but from what i saw last week and this week they're all connected to the bank so far they haven't moved out into the river channel where they're on shell beds up on the river. I would definitely be throwing at the bank, and I think you can catch them with a crankbait, you know, maybe a, a dredger 20 or, or a pit or 17, something like that. Or I think a Carolina rig would actually be one of the better baits at Pickwick this week. And that's a good tip right there. Well, this week, Smith Lake, Lake Gunner for Report. Tip of the day is brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. Hey guys, if you're fortunate enough to own a lake or a pond, then I know you want to get the most out of it as possible. We all want to manage and grow big deer on our place, so why not grow the biggest, most healthy fish possible as well? Give Norman a call at Southeastern Pond Management at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com and they do an incredible job around the state of Alabama and the Georgia, Tennessee. So if you're thinking about building a lake, if you're thinking about redoing an existing pond or lake that you have, restocking, fertilizing, liming, these guys do it all and they do it well. It's what they do for a living, so they're really good at it. Brent, man, I appreciate you being on, brother. It's always a pleasure, and uh, man, you got a lot of information and knowledge up there, so we appreciate you being on. Guys, give Brent a call. Uh, he he will put you on the fish, and who knows, man, maybe you'll get lucky and hit that, that day at uh, Pickwick when you uh, when you catch 23 four-pound-plus or 28 four-pound-plus smallmouth in one day. I mean, you never know, right? <laughs> That's right. Like I said, I wish it happened every day, but I, but it doesn't. I mean, even the next day, I think we had 17. So, but it was two. It was the best two days of the year by far. Golly, man, that is amazing. How much fun those those guys didn't realize they had a trip of a lifetime on their hands until they finished. But then they, then they knew it was special. 
I've had it. I had it happen a lot of times where people are. When you catch smallmouth like you have old, you, you have older guys, forty, fifty, sixty years old. They giggle like schoolgirls. Absolutely. Yeah, man, that's awesome. It's a uh, lot of fun. A lot of fun, man. All right, buddy. We appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again soon, bud. All right. Thank you. Thanks right, for having man. me. Thank you, man. All right, another great segment. Uh, love hearing from these Smith Lake and Pickwick and Gunnersville guys. I mean, great fisheries up there, and and uh, and Brent's one of the best. So you guys give him a call and uh, book a trip with him, and and get up there and catch some fish and and learn the lake a little bit. But let's go almost to the complete opposite end of the state now. Let's head down south for the Eufaula West Point. Report with Ken Beard and Mr. Ken. How are you, sir? I'm about to get dried out. <laughs> Man, it's been a wet one. Yeah, I'm, we got some rain, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, gosh, I late come up a foot and a half overnight. Man, so. it was a lot. It was a lot, and uh, I, you know, I was really looking forward to the report today, and and, and was hoping I was going to be able to get you on here, you know, just because I knew you guys had a had a lot of water and a lot of rise on the lake down there, and I was really looking forward to seeing how that affected the fish and and how you approach fishing in, in those kind of conditions. Yeah, so I, I fished today down in the lake in the big creeks and stuff and didn't didn't do very well at all you you could catch uh another buddy of mine he was out and he, he caught about 15 spotted bass on a ned rig and, and a drop shot fishing points and uh i went way up in the backs of the creek and fished the real shallow stuff for largemouth there's tons of, of little yellow flowers under the water and bushes overhanging in the water and just could not get anything going and but i know that's typical these these fish are they get spooky when the water rises real fast and um it's gonna have to it's gonna have to stable off and be that way for a day or so and then then they'll start coming to that fresh vegetation and stuff yeah um, but when it first happens, they get, of course, we had all that thundering and lightning and wind and rain and, you know, it just, and then the water rising on top of that, um, it kind of put in, and they're post-spawn too. So, right. So it's a whole lot of transitions going on at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a trip tomorrow. And so what we're going to do is go up the lake, uh, to where the fish are, either garden fry or just came off the bed. Uh, those fish that I fit where I was at today, they had already laid out and been to the shad spawns and shad spawns were done. So they were, they were entering that recovery mode on top of all this water coming up and, and storms and stuff. So I'm, I'm feeling like if I go up the lake uh, where it turns where you don't have a lot of big creek where it turns into river and you, river and you just got little pockets go in those pockets and those fish should be they're always later than the fish down the lake because your spawn always starts down the lake and then it the mid lake and then it's upper lake and so these fish up lake should be closer to the bank uh, guarding fry uh, I don't I don't expect to see any betters. 
because the water's come up so high. But there still should be some fish, you know, in the shallow water. Plus, we can we also have other options of coming back down to Yellow Jacket Creek, which has two other creeks that run into it, uh, and lots of points, uh, lots of blow down trees and stuff like that. Um, I just have more options, you know, up the lake that I can that I can try. So that's what we're going to do tomorrow. Normally, yeah. in the normal in the normal year, the first week of May is 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 top water all day long. But this, we've had cold fronts that backed them off, and, and then then we had storm, then we had storms and, and rain and everything. So the fish are a little bit behind. I went out Monday morning right before the rain started, and um, my wife told me I was crazy. But um, on the twenty fourth. I had a take a veterans fishing day, and so we had like 15 veterans come and 15 volunteers, and it was pouring down rain. I actually ordered a big 30 by 40 tent so we could have somewhere dry, and so that morning, you know, the rain comes in, you know, around midnight, so it's pouring down 5:30 in the morning when everybody starts showing up to sign up and. Everybody gets signed up, and everybody's just kind of standing around, you know, and it's kind of breaking daylight, and, and we do a prayer and, and a little national anthem just in the tent there, and everybody's kind of reluctant to go get in their boat, you know, because it's pouring down rain, and finally one of them says, well, hey, we're going to get wet. Boat's wet anyway. The fish is wet, so let's go at it, guys. So everybody went and got in the boats, and we got in our boat, and, man, the fish was biting like crazy. While it was pouring down rain, no thunder, no lightning, it just pouring down rain, and and every everybody caught fish had a, had a great time, but the fish then were still around, you know, shad spawn going on, still some fry garters and stuff like that, but that's kind of we've, we're past that point now, you know, in the lake. Uh, so what you got to do is you got to go, you got to go somewhere that. The fish has are still in that 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 mood. So tomorrow we're gonna head, we're gonna head up up the lake and see if we can't find some around some blowdowns and back in little little pockets right off the river and maybe blowdowns right outside of the pockets. You know, uh, they kind of have less places to hide. The right. narrower the lake get, gets, you know, they're not gonna go deep. So. You can get to them with a bait, you know, if you go up this time of year. That's yeah. that's what that's what our plan is for tomorrow. You know, it's so. amazing how uh, different lakes around the state uh, fish act different with different conditions. You know, we we had our, our first caller on today uh, talking about Logan Martin, how when it floods and gets out of the banks and comes up real quick, how the fish just go crazy. I mean, he's like, you can just kill them. And then at other lakes, uh, you know, um, it, it's totally different. It's just, it's, it's weird how the conditions affect fish differently from one lake to the next, but it does. Uh, so yeah, it does. Yeah, it's interesting to hear for sure. But sounds like you got a plan tomorrow, so maybe you'll be on them. Yeah, well, at least I got more options. You know, if I if I stay down there, we're, we're camping down there. So if I if I stay down there, uh, I'm not going to have a lot of options. 
because I've already been up the creek and there's not a lot of blowdowns in, in that creek there and, and uh, not a lot of shoreline cover. You have to get out on the points and all we can catch out there is a little spotted bass. So if I come up, up here, I, I've come home now and I'm going to spend that at the house and meet meet him up here because the gate doesn't open down there to 7 in the morning. So I meet him early at about 6.30 in the morning and um, I got different options. I I can go different directions and try to more different techniques than you know what, what I have down down the lake. Sure. Now, once the once these fish up the river, once they get in that post spawn funk and the shad spawn's done and they're not garden fry anymore, all that kind of stuff, that's when you go back down the lake because they've recovered. You know they they they've been through the sheds the spawn the garden fry the shed spawn and then got in the funk post spawn blues and then but when the fish up the river are starting it those fish down the river are through it so then you can start going back down and that's when you you can throw the top water all day long so then that's and, that's and we're just we're just yeah <laughs> we're just days fishing. away from that. What yeah, will you? What do you mainly throw on top? Well, it it changes. Uh, at the, when they first come out of that funk mood of, of post spawn, I start out with a pop bar. I throw the magnum pop bar, mm-hmm. and then uh, another thing you can have tied on is a sammy because they're hungry and they like and something kind of scurrying away uh, triggers them to come after it. Um, now, once they have been up there for a while, I, I swap and I and I, I kind of go through the the Sammy part of it. I, I change to a spook, which mm. is it doesn't keep coming to me every time I jerk it. it it's more side to side, so that's kind of I start off with the pop bar and then the Sammy and then the spook, and then for some reason a chug bug comes into play at the end there. How, what kind of depth are you fishing when you're fishing that top water? Oh, you're fishing one one foot to six foot, something like that. You. Yeah, you're fishing. Uh, we have a lot of long points that come out. Mm-hmm. And back when I first moved here in the early 2000s, there was a a guy here that was very well known as a guide, and uh, me and him fished together, hung out together, and stuff. It's called Ron Savage. Um, he used to have the Savage Worm, uh, which was a Carolina rig, and then it had like a centipede with the hooks already in it. And he was f- famous for that selling that thing and, and being a guide here on the lake. But we planted, he got me involved planting cypress trees on these big long points. And that's when I went out Monday before the rain started. I caught like a, a six pounder off of one of the cypress trees. I mean, I only I only got to go to one set of cypress trees, and I caught a six pounder. And then it started. The rain started. It was pouring rain when I took a picture of him. And then it started thundering and lightning. So I checked my phone, and it was like a whole bunch coming. So I just had to go back, put the boat on the trailer, and put the cover on, go back to the campground. But so we planted those cypress trees all throughout the lake, especially on the big long points. And so you're, you know, they're only 
about waist deep, maybe, or maybe a little over waist deep when the water's at full pool. Um, and it's been good for the lake having yeah. that cover. When you transplant something like that, you're not, you don't have the, the knees like you have in Louisiana and down around Mobile and stuff. You don't have those hard knees. You, the, you just have roots that stick up. They're just like a regular tree root. Right, um, instead of like but, the big knots from Cypress Swamp. Yeah, yeah. So you know they'll they'll get in all that junk down there. So you you, you got you got those something, you know, uh, if it waters up enough, then you can get your top water in there. That's great. Some of the trees have more limbs than others. You can't. So you gotta you gotta flip you a, a little mint rage menace under there with a you know tungsten weight on it and wind it wind it through that stuff or either throw a Cinco in there and let it set. I know when Steve Kennedy won here, uh, it was 2005, so that, somewhere around in there, he would start every morning on, on the cypress trees on the big long point. And, and y'all planted those in his, what year in 2000? 2000. Yeah. So they, how big are they now? <laughs> Some of them are real big, probably 18 feet tall. Wow. And probably. So they probably well. 12 feet wide yeah and then some of them are still just little bitty tiny things and i i, I kept telling them because i've got a i'm certified in horticulture setting you know planting plants and stuff and i kept telling them what you're we're planting them way too deep they're going they're not they're not going to ever reach your potential high in height if you plant them too deep right. and some of them got planted too deep and, and they're still only six maybe eight feet tall and but then some of them are are really big and beautiful that's awesome man that's that's great for the lake and and west point that's Mm -hmm. one thing that's difficult about waste about west point unless you book a trip with somebody like yourself over there that that really knows the lake well is it's not like going to gunnersville uh where there's just grass and structure Mm -hmm. everywhere you look uh, yeah. or, or Lay Lake or Eufaula even. Uh, and there's just, just not as much not much vegetation and as much structure to fish. Why why is there not the vegetation? Is it because of how far they drop the lake every year? Uh, I'm assuming that's got a lot to do with the grass. Yeah, they, we, they started uh, about three years ago moving grass from Lake Oconee, which has the little shoreline grass just like Logan Martin, Neely Hammer has. And transplanting it over here, but you know the problem is that their schedule for the lake to be at full pool is not to June the first, and so you know it's, it it takes a long time for for the water to and it and it's catching on, it's spreading down the banks once the lake is gets at full pool and stuff. But you know most of the year it's just sitting, it's it's either it's just dry, you know. Yeah. Now, it won't die. It won't die. Those roots will go dormant. Until and they get they, they can, Yeah, they can They can go years being dormant. And once they get water on them, they'll pop, shoot right back up. Uh, but years ago, they took the, they made the corporations and businesses and stuff um, and companies in, in Atlanta stop dumping phosphorus into the creeks and to the river and stuff and which made the water, though it's this lake used to look pea green, a little bit kind of like the Coosa River, real dark, dark green, you know. And when they took that, when they made them stop putting the phosphorus in there, 
it cleared it got more clear it's not as clear as lake martin or we dowie but it's it's kind of in between logan martin and 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 say lake martin mm-hmm. you know here pretty clear if though. you go down yeah you, go, you get down the lake you know you can see seven eight feet deep uh and then mid lake you can see you know four to five foot deep uh wow. yeah so that phosphorus taking that phosphorus out I don't know why, but a lot of the stumps and the standing timber, they just like they just crumble and fell to the bottom oh. and just completely rotted. Used to, where I was at today, I was in the back of Weehackie Creek, and used to, when you went under that trussle, it was like a forest as far as you could see. And now you can just run wide open straight back almost to the back. There is still some timber way in the back but a lot of it's broken off at the top and stuff like that but that first half of it there when you went under that trussle there i mean i remember i've never seen nothing like it It it's like a jungle and now today i just run right through there you know Um, wow when i I first moved here you you had to watch for dead headlocks the butt end would be sticking up but you don't even see those back there now and it's all happened, all that changed when the phosphorus was taken out. Yeah, that's when oh. you saw it. That's when the water cleared up, and, and a lot of your, uh, a lot of your um, stumps and stuff like that rotted out. It actually made it a better spotted lake fishery. That's when the spotted bass took off. Yeah, the numbers over overcame the largemouth numbers. Uh, and that's true anywhere when, with the... Especially when you dump a whole bunch of stripers in there, your largemouth numbers are not going to be as high. Now, you could still make it a a, a good, great largemouth lake, even though it's, it's, you know, it's clear and not much structure. But we still have the road beds and the sunken bridges and all that stuff. But the problem is they put so many stripers in, the, the largemouth won't live out there on those road beds and and stuff you know with those stripers and so they they stay more close to the banks you know or somewhere close to the banks they're not always up on the bank but they're they're more in they're, they we used when i first moved here you could get out there on those road beds with a man's 20 plus and boy i mean you could rake up numbers in you could you could catch 23 24 pounds you know on that big crankbait and you can't hardly get a bite on a lot of these road beds now, you know, except for certain times of the year. Like September is a great time. Um, August is pretty good when it gets the dog days, you know, gets out there. But um, during the wintertime, we don't even fool with it anymore. Not when bad. I first moved here, when I first moved here, you get out there on the road bed and, and man, you, you catch 30, 40, 50 spots and some largemouth mixed in there and there'd be a few hybrids few white bass but when they started dumping the strappers in no more bass. they left they they will not live out there with them i mean uh, they can say whatever they want to i mean i can prove it you know yeah yeah you know that's right well yeah. that's interesting stuff man it's uh amazing how late like lakes change over throughout the years and even from one, one year to the next you know they, they can change and we had that discussion uh, about gunners for a while ago with our last caller but always 
very, very interesting to hear those kind of things. Well, Ken, before I let you get off here, you know, I got to ask for a tip of the day on, uh, on West Point. So if somebody's coming up there in the next day or two, maybe want to go fishing this weekend, what is your tip for West Point Lake? I would fish the upper section of the lake where the, the fish, uh, you'll have more fish that are still garden fry and still around shad that are in the pockets and stuff like that. If you go down the lake, those fish are past that point. You want to find, seek out the places where the, where the, the shads are still in the pockets or either still right next to the grip wrap. See, a lot of it down there, the, the shad, you don't even see any shad in the pockets now. And so that tells me they've, they've already done their thing and moved on. They moved so, out. Yeah, so you, you just follow that same thing, but you just go up, up the lake friend of mine caught one off the bed last week, like a six, seven pounder. His mother was in, uh, stepdad was camping up there and he went up there to visit. He was watching her chase brim off of a bed. And this was, this was last week. So I know there's still fish up there, garden fry and, and maybe some bedding, but I don't know if you'll be able to see them after all this rain and stuff. So my tip would be, you know, to work your way up the river. That's a good tip, man. Well, this week's Lake Eufaula West Point Tip of the Day is brought to you by Bucks Island Marine. At BucksIslands.com, you can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass, pontoon, bow rider style boats, new and used motors, as well as kayaks for sale. They love trade-ins, which provide a steady stream of used boats. They can rig your boat at their 18-bay service department or ship your new motor anywhere in the United States. They provide boat service on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Brooks Island. They have factory trained and certified technicians, so visit them at 4500 Highway 77, Southside, Alabama, 35907, or give them a call at 256-442-2588. Kim, right, man, I appreciate you being on, brother. I always look forward to having you and, and hearing what's going on down there. Uh, if somebody wants to book a trip with you, you are a great one to take them, and, and uh, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, you can go uh, on Facebook, uh, Ken Beard and Fishing, and uh, you can messenger me. You can also send a message to my website, KenBeardandFishing.com. If you're a veteran and you want, there's no charge for taking the veterans. uh, And it's V as in veteran, F as in fishing, O as in organization, VFOHome.org. And you can sign up on there, and we'll set up a day for you to come and go fishing. Man, that's awesome, Ken. Love what you do, man, especially with the veterans, and uh, that's a good deal. So, guys, get involved in that. Take Ken up on it, and uh, go get in the boat with him and go fishing and find out more about how you can support his organization. Ken, we appreciate it, man. Uh, Stay safe out there and go catch some fish tomorrow. Look forward to talking to you again soon, buddy. Thank you, sir. Y'all have a great day. All right, you too. Great segment, and uh, guys, thank all the callers for being on today. It was, uh, man, very informative as usual. And, uh, man, call these guys, call Ken, call Brent up there in, uh, in, in, in Pickwick and, and Zeke on Talapusa and Nakusa. And uh, 
these guys know what they're doing. They can put you on fish. And I know a lot of times we don't, you know, you, you, you may, I can go up there and do it myself, but you end up like me trying to do these hardwood floors and you'll look up and be scratching your head wondering what went wrong instead of uh, talking with these guys to start with. So we appreciate all I'm being on and that is going to wrap up the show for the week. So please subscribe, rate, drop us a review we love reviews guys so drop us a review wherever you listen to the podcast if you'd like us to email you the podcast we'd love to do it all you have to do is just text the word fishing to 646-495-9867 and we'll text you the show each and every week thanks a lot guys look forward to talking to you again next week This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save a bundle online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you're fortunate enough to own a lake or a pond, then I know you want to get the most out of it as possible. We all want to manage and grow big deer on our place, so why not grow the biggest, most healthy fish possible as well? Give Norman a call at Southeastern Pond Management at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com. And these guys know how to grow big. And brought to you by Sun South from Outdoor Equipment parts, services, accessories, SunSouth has you covered on the best for less. Visit SunSouth or SunSouth.com for quality John Deere equipment. SunSouth for those that do. And brought to you by Bucks Island is a family owned and operated business since 1948. At BucksIslands.com, you can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass, pontoon, bow rider style boats, new and used motors, as well as kayaks for sale. Give them a call at 256-442-2588. And brought to you by Brian Sand with National Land Realty. You already trust me with your fishing report, so trust me to help you find or sell that next piece of property as well. Just give me a call at 601-383-2344.